All right, good evening, everyone. Uh, today is September 26th at seven o'clock. We have all nine members of the Warrant Committee present. So we have a forum. We will start our meeting. And first order of business is, uh, well, one of the, we'll disclose that this meeting is getting recorded uh, for everybody to share later on. And it's really to, uh, the, first, the first agenda item is to introduce new members. And that is, uh, we have um, Deb here and Emily. Um, I thought we'd all just kind of go around and introduce ourselves and then give them a chance to tell us about them themselves. So, um, why don't you go and restart? Steve Callahan, 33 Perazzini Drive, been in Medfield for almost 30 years now. Um, have two kids through the school system. I spent my professional career in public accounting, CPA. Uh, and spent uh, 40 years in public accounting. So I recently retired a couple of years ago. And last year, became the co-chair along with this gentleman here for the committee. So I've been on the committee for, well, for a couple of years, or two, a little over two years. Yeah. Feels like, feels like 20. You know? Yeah, it feels like, yeah, in dog years, it feels like 20. But Bob Swiney, I've been on the Warren Committee, it's been fifth year, fifth year, and very, uh, Interesting and always happy to see new faces and new perspectives. Um, been in town almost 30 years as well, uh, from Pine off of Pine Street on uh, Overfield Drive. And um, I uh, most recently I retired so long ago, I can't remember what I did, but I think I was at EMC for about 20 years and uh, another finance and operations positions prior to that. So. Good to be see everybody back together. Um, I'll go next. Jill Raptor, um, 16L. Nice to meet you guys. Thanks for joining us. Um, third year, I think starting third year on work, but you see the next at the same time. The three already. Yeah, we're on three. Um, I got two little ones um, going through Medfield School, six year old and a three and a half year old. Um, I work for a community bank um, and I run their project management office. Ed Vasala, 65 Wood End Lane. Um, I've been in Medfield since 1980, so I think I'm the senior person in terms of longevity. I've been on the committee for, I think this is starting my fifth year. Um, dog years. <laughs> and I had three children, all of them went through the Medfield school systems, greatest schools. One of the, did it make the top 25? I was looking at the report today. Depends which one you look at. Yeah. There's yeah. yeah. three different ones. 16 in US News World Reports. Good. Good. Yeah. Not that I'm checking. We'll check it out. <laughs> and I spent my career in accounting and finance as controller on a number of different companies. Uh, so I'm Brent Nelson. Hallwood Drive before that, Dale Street. Uh, this is my second year on the committee. I am a physics professor at Northeastern, an associate dean of college of science, and uh, I got three kids uh, two, 11, one, nine, and I have to pass this over to you folks. Hi, I'm Pete Michelson. I live on Nebo Street. This is starting my second year on the Warren Committee, um, and I'm enjoying it. Um, 
I retired a couple of years ago. I was an attorney for my professional career. And uh, I have two daughters who also went through the Medfield Public School System. And I also like the school system a lot. And I moved here in 86. So Ed is right. He's, he's the champion on that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Emily McCabe. I'm on 2 Metacomet Street. I actually just moved to Medfield two years ago, um, but my husband grew up in Medfield. Um, he actually moved to Medfield in second grade, and my oldest moved to Medfield in second grade. And there's a cute story about that, because when we moved here, his um, she asked him if he thought her second grade, his second grade teacher would still be there. And he thought, oh no, she long passed away. And like the first week of school, she came home and said there was a um uh like a assembly for Mrs. Carey, who had had her 50th year, and then back to the second grade teacher. Um, so it was just a cute like little repeat of history. Um, and so anyway, I decided to join the work committee because when I moved to Medfield, I have a very easy commute to the high school, so I've gone to all the town meetings, and I've just been like very inspired by the people volunteering their time for the town. Um, so I'm honored that I can do that as well. I do have three kids in the school system, nine, seven, and five. So we just started kindergarten with the youngest, and we're loving it so far. Um, and then professionally, I'm a veterinarian, and I've been working in law school for seven years. It was a second career for me, but I won't bore you with my previous career. So <laughs> well, welcome. Um, Mather Eldred, I'm on uh, Grand Street in Medfield. I've been in Medfield resident five years. I have uh, a seven-year-old and a one-year-old little boy, so we're, we're well into the school system. Um, professionally, I work in real estate in the Cambridge area. I managed some real estate for um, MIT and um, grew up in Walpole and just happy to be starting my third year. Um, I'm Deb Cardister and I'm it's my first meeting. I've been in Medfield for 18 years and have two kids that have come up through the school system. Well, one's still in, she's 15, and the other is 21, and both made great use of the schools. So um, it's a matter near and dear to my heart. Um, and really happy to join the Warrant Committee. My personal career has been in uh, personal finance. I'm a wealth advisor, so I know everything financial on the individual side. And it's a a pleasure to be able to come and help the town and serve and give back. Well, welcome to you too. And uh, we're we're looking forward to you know being part of the committee and deliberating all these important matters before town meeting. Um, you know, no, we have a rule here, and there's no question is a dumb question. So feel free to you know. I'm still asking questions, so uh, you know it's a. Uh, there's a lot to sort of to, to sort of grasp around. So feel free to ask any question at any time and uh, we'll do our best to answer. I just want to make one, one comment yet. I know that uh, normally at the first meeting, Scott McDermott is a town moderator who's, I guess, responsible for each of us being here, uh, normally makes a statement, but he had a business meeting tonight. But uh, I, I just wanted to recognize the uh, the work that Scott's done in terms of uh, formulating the uh, the committee that's here. Because if you look at it you know, geographically and demographically, uh, the skills 
uh, that, that has come together. I think the time in the town, et cetera, and some of the background really is, uh, is reflects the work that he did. He puts a lot of time into it. That's something that he, uh, he does, he does it very, uh, seriously. So I think each one of you have had the opportunity to meet with Scott and, uh, most of what he told you is true. The one is, uh, <laughs> One, the one he gave you on time is is not, but we've all <laughs> um, But again, just uh, we were very fortunate to have his work, and uh, you all reflect that. Great. Okay. Um, the next agenda item is the approval of the July 11, 2023 minutes. Mather um, did uh, send those around. Uh, I know our two new members were not at that meeting, so we feel free to abstain from the vote, but uh, I can take a motion. So, any comments on the minutes or anything that? Uh, nice job. Excellent. I would, yeah, I would recommend I'd uh, move to approve the minutes of July 11th as submitted. Second. Second. Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 Abstain. 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 You're abstaining. Okay. You do understand, okay. So that passes six three. Okay. All right. Um, the next order is the calendar for 2023-2024 and meeting minute assignments. These are preliminary uh, calendar dates. Um, that uh we've put in the count you know we these are <clears throat> calendar is always a tricky thing because we have to alternate with the select board on tuesdays so the finance team is here with us and um we also have some elections that are you know we have a local election and uh, <coughs> national primaries and stuff like that so uh, this was the best suggested times you know for us it's mostly Tuesdays. Uh, there are a couple Mondays, a few Mondays that are asterisk there. Um, but, um, you know, the, the tentative dates are there and, and sort of preliminary topics are um, are listed. Um, and I also put in the minute responsibility for that meeting. We rotate alphabetically and um, Mather did the last one alphabetically, it would be Emily, but because you're new, I moved you back in the queue. So, so Peter, you're you're on for this meeting, okay? I, I just <laughs> um, and uh, so uh, I should just continue with the alphabetical order unless someone wants to volunteer to do minutes for every meeting. Happy to do that too. <laughs> okay. Uh, but so the next, uh, you know, the agenda, you've seen the agenda for today, but, um, and we'll talk about the budget process and how, how we're, uh, what the proposed process is going to be this year. But the next meeting is going to be uh, sort of, it's, it's, uh, we've, we've, as you'll see, the timing of when we look at things has changed quite a bit this year uh, from prior years. So we're going to look at free cash. Some general revenue and general fixed cost budgets, and try to uh, you know finalize uh, some preliminary guidance. Um, and then in October, 
in November, we're going to dedicate our time to capital budget reviews and get those uh, taken care of and, and squared away. And um, and then we picked two dates in um, January to to schedule all the town departments. And so uh, the hope is that we get all of those town departments, you know, in that time frame. Uh, so when you're meeting with the town departments, and we, we can talk about the, about that in a minute, but when you're meeting with town departments, um, keep these dates in mind. You, you know, we would work with Christine to try to make sure that, you know, we, we, you know, we get all the departments in on those two dates. That's the plan. And then on February, February 13th would be the school. And then that would leave us um, uh, March, uh, the end of February and then March for warrant articles. The public hearing would be um, April 2nd and the town meeting is May 6th. So that's kind of a now this is all subject to change, but this was sort of an initial pass of what we thought would be uh, uh, a good schedule. Any questions by anybody on that? Or? Yeah, did that? Uh, I'm sure you guys obviously talked, but will the departments be ready for us to talk? You know, December timeframe if we wanted to hit January. Okay, they're ready. Yes. <laughs> well, no, yeah. they're yes, they'll be ready. Okay. <laughs> Um, there, you know, there, there's going to be, um, they may not have final, you know, budgets for you, but you should certainly reach out and sure. meet with yeah. them and find out what's going on. They'll be thinking about it. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, in the past, we've used Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving, we could sign the contact. Yes, we'll, we'll be done by the end of October, so they'll be ready. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, um, last year we were waiting, I think, People was going to come in from state funding. Um, I believe that's what it was last year. And then kind of late. Oh, the state. Because state. Yeah, because state. It, um, with the transition to the new governor, um, she did not submit her budget uh, until she was actually required to submit her budget. Yeah. We okay. expect that to be we sooner this year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, I hate to be, although I seem to be always a contrarian. Are we more than that's okay. not about okay. but 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 the two hearings for all in town. I, I mean, my memory is that last year they wanted to build a new garage at the council on aging. Uh, okay, let me let me yeah, let me correct that. That those two meetings in January are for, for the budget only, not for the HR, you know, for the for the, the operating budgets of the town departments. Uh, other articles, um, you know, okay. we would dedicate, you know, additional time to. So, Christine, when that's really when just to go through the operation. Okay. 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 We'll do the operations. Um, yeah. Mid-January. Yeah. Mid-January. Yeah. So that's when we'll know how many articles there are. To yeah. Yeah, we mean we they see the meeting at the end of Feb, end of February, March. Those are the dates when we would go through other other uh, non-operating budget town department articles. So okay, um, 
And, and Peter, to your point, the, the, the March 19th date, as you said, is if needed, is if there are other yeah, that require need. more public input and discussion. Yeah. Where do you use the word require that, that, that get it, whether they're required or not? But yeah, okay. <laughs> Should be enough time. We get a yeah. yeah, that's the hope. And, and I think when we go through this process, you'll um you'll have a better appreciation of uh the timeline. So this is the process just for the financial articles, primarily the capital budget and um and the operating budget. So I mean, I, these, this slide really just covers some basic principles that I felt like uh, we just sort of we have new members and just as a reminder, um, you know, we, we we start out with an assumption that if we're doing level services in the operating budget that's consistent with the need. So if there's no need there, there's no need for a level service. Uh, but uh, we also have to address capital needs. Funding of long-term liabilities uh, adhere to our financial policies, and always we're looking for continuous improvement in any operational efficiencies that you identify. And uh, we have to look at uh, the levels and the stabilization funds and reserve accounts. So when we say comprehensive sustainable budgets, that's that's comprehensive is addressing all these areas, sustainable. Is staying within our prop two and a half revenue, you know, guidelines. And if we have issues with that, there's a there's a process to deal with that. But we start out with something that's you know assumption is that sustainable uh, within our, our revenue uh, generating ability. This just this is a slide from from the spring that basically uh, says the same thing, but. You know, it's very much a balancing act, uh, putting all of these needs of the town into, uh, you know, uh, financial articles uh, and reviewing priorities and, and needs and, and balancing it all against the tax impact and staying within the Prop 2 and a half framework. So, the actual uh, process, this slide really just covers everything except the operating budget, okay? And this is sort of what we're gonna do first. We're, we're flipping kind of the order of things. Um, you know, under that planning section, looking at actuals from last year, uh, looking at the preliminary amounts of free cash, we know they're not certified yet, and that'll come later. Uh, but, you know, Andrew's done a great job of closing books and you'll have an estimate for us you know, that we that are be good enough to 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 look at and plan with and uh then we'll, we'll look at balances in our stabilization funds and the reserve funds um and um that's really you know what they're going to be working on they've been working on and they're going to get all this together for us for that october meeting um we'll look at then in the middle we'll look at the at, you know guidelines for what we think those stabilization funds should be at, what level do, do we need in them, and, and what level should be in the reserve. You know, we have a general stabilization fund, and we've been building that up 
but the question is, well, uh, when you know, when is what's the right level for that lines, and how do we know when we've achieved that? Um, so, looking at the purpose of all these stabilization funds, what's the the um, the level of funding we want to get to or where we're at, and and then establishing some priorities around the allocation of free cash. So um, we have some policies around free cash, and every year we have uh, excess above the required, you know, policy amount, and we do, uh, you know, put forth articles to to spend that money. It's always, you know, so this this the twenty four town meeting will be spending free cash that we just generated from FY twenty three, and so. Um, you know, agreeing on those priorities and then sort of making sure that the, that the town proposal and, and sort of that we're in agreement on, on what those priorities should be. And then uh, we would sort of uh, have a preliminary forecast on how that free cash is going to get used, right? Um, and then we finalize the targets for the stabilization funds and the reserve accounts finalize priorities and uses of free cash, and then look at the capital budget recommendations of the capital budget committee. They've already started meeting. The expectation is they will complete their work by the time we, we get to the, those reviews. And then we finalize our recommendations around capital budgets. Any questions on that part? I think that's fairly straightforward. Um, this part, the next part is the operating budget. And I think that um, what we're, again, what we're, we're trying to accomplish here is, is moving things forward so that we're not in a situation where the first budget we get in January or February is $2 million out of balance. And, you know, we're, our mission is to get a balanced budget before town meeting that's within the Prop 2 and a half framework. And so that's sort of the approach that we've, we've taken here is to try to get everybody working together to, to, to do that for the first pass. And um, so uh, again, it's reviewing a forecast of what we've done is we've separated out the part of the budget that is common between departments on a cost basis and then the revenue side. And those, those two amounts we're going to look at um forecasts of what those amounts are you have you said you know, they took a first pass at that they sent that to everybody should have a, a copy of that um and we'll identify budgets and assumptions that we need to follow up on uh, from that first pass uh and then the expectations of what that preliminary forecast would be we communicate to the school department and town departments and this is a preliminary budget forecast, you know, so after that October meeting. We then continue our in-depth review of these revenue and fixed costs, continue to refine uh, what they are, what the amounts are. And then the goal would be by the end of November, we would uh, communicate to the school and the town department what our expectations are for an operating budget target 
that's within the Prop Two and a Half framework, um, and that is uh, <clears throat> so. You'll see it later on what the, what that looks like, but there's a sharing ratio uh, that's historically going back uh, over ten years now, pretty pretty accurate of a seventy five twenty five split between the school and the town, um, and then we. We, you know, ask them to come back and identify any unmet budget request. So if they if they if they can't stay within those targets, let us know. Look at potential alternative funding sources and any resulting impact to services or personnel. So basically, that's that's um, that's what we would do there. Um, then. Um, you know, the last piece of this would be if if we can't get to a, a balanced budget within the two and a half framework, we would know that sooner rather than two weeks before town meeting. And if there is a request, uh, we look at that alternative budget, make a recommendation to town meeting on that override. We, we need the first budget anyway. We need the within prop two and a half in case the override doesn't pass, right? So, um, so this is just a problem. I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen this year. Uh, I'm not saying that, but uh, it's just a process to, at some point, two, three, four, five years in the future, we'll, we probably will have an override at some point, um, an operating override. But uh, this at least gets us into a discipline of, you know, having something balanced up front, looking at if we need an override, what that would be. Um, and then just on, on that one point, because I think it's important to, to for those who have been on the committee and have been through the budget process and for the new folks, because some of as Steve goes through it, it sounds like, oh, yeah, that's how you do a budget. But in the past, it wasn't how you did a budget. So what we would get and then use, you have experience on this, those who are repeating. Um, is we would start the year with a budget which could which was above what our revenue sources were, and um, so I think you know the the changes that it, that are being reflected in this are to put the thing back in the right order, saying we have constraints on revenue, and this is what we come from, <clears throat> and here's a realistic target based upon the knowns and the risks involved <clears throat> and giving that to the departments, giving that to the schools is a more accurate starting point, I think, and helps put some discipline in place. So, And I, I think the other important point is that, um, you know, we, it puts, you know, the responsibility was always there, but it lets the department heads, whether it's Jeff or Christine, you know, let it gives them some guidelines so that when they go through their detail, they know, well, I know I can save money here, uh, but I have more cost over here. And so they can sort of balance all those priorities uh, before it comes to us. You know what I'm saying? And try to try to work that out uh, within their departments, their, their broader groups, I guess. Um, and so, um, and then um, this is just a swim lane chart 
One more thing to say. The only thing I have to say to that is when the schools and the towns come in with their level service budget, yeah, that you know, that's level service today's goods and services at tomorrow's prices. What that doesn't include are any new initiatives, and that's something we can't lose sight of. Right. Well, Right. But just, uh, I just wanted to make yeah, that. Yeah, that's what that's, that's That will put you over that target of two and a half off right. more, more, more often than not. Right. So that's what we can't, we still have to have those discussions because that conceivably could be an override. Right. That, exactly. That, that, yes. Yeah, those new initiatives, if they can't solve it, right. Uh, within, you know, like, uh, not to use the school as an example, but let's say they, they want to new, do a new initiative and they've looked at, additional fees or or mm -hmm. related to whatever and they still can't get enough to cover that new initiative within the guidelines then um then they would come forward and say look right. we really want to do this right it's going to yeah, take it was... an override and make the case right, right. i mean if we if if or if it's not a new initiative that if it's just level services and they can't stay within that and these are the implications we have to right. lay off this many people, right? Or, you know, cut back here, whatever, right? Goes so, both ways, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so anyway, uh, this is just a swim lane chart that just shows each area, uh, you know, what the town's doing, when they're doing it. Our we're in yellow here, so, um, you know, we. This is kind of just summarizes some of the things I just went through, but basically, uh, you know, late December, January, we're looking at all departments and stuff like that. Um, the select board is on here to, you know, uh, to sign off on stuff as well as the school committee um, and the capital budget committee. Um, this is the um, the first draft. Okay, so of the operating forecast or the forecast so uh, the town christine and frank uh, have been working on this for for quite a while um, you know uh, the last couple of months and uh, all the departments have given them some preliminary input these this is just the first pass so this could change uh it probably will change but um the um you know, at a high level, uh, you can see that the, the property tax revenue uh, is going up by 3%. That includes some new growth. And Frank, I might ask you to kind of take us through some of the, the key assumptions in your forecast memo. Um, but basically, um, the state revenue number is is uh, projected, forecasted to increase 1.6. That's against last year's budget. The actual number came in higher than, than the budget. So the increase over last year is really 1%. And uh, local receipts, there's a big increase there. And Frank will explain that. Um, and then um, on the town and school employee benefits, there's some assumptions there that, uh, that they're, you know, one of the big assumptions is there's, there is a effort to, um, to redesign the healthcare plan that's um, that's been kicked off, if you remember from last year. Um, and so they have kicked that off. The assumption is that they are successful in a redesign um, that's built into this forecast. So if it doesn't happen, then 
obviously the cost will go up. Um, and then, yeah. Does that have to be collectively bargained with everyone? Mm -hmm. uh, the Board of Selectmen, it's like, sorry, the Select Board just adopted Section 19. So we will start a formal process of bargaining uh, with the insurance, the Employees Insurance Advisory Committee. Okay. Yeah. So that four and a half percent increase there is assuming they come to an agreement. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some there's some assumptions in there that Frank will go through. Um and you know, so really this you know, comes down to 2.2 million dollars of additional revenue that about four percent increase that they're forecasting. And uh, what we do is, as you can just see, we just split that 75-25 between the school department and the town, which was actually the that was the breakdown in last year's budget. And if you go back, like I said, if you go back in time, it's very close to those that that sharing arrangement. And so, you know, the theory is we so you know we've shared this with the school department. Um, so they're basically at four percent, and the town's at four point one three. That's just because of the way the math works on uh, on a lower base for the town. They get a higher percentage, so um, a slightly higher percentage. But so the the theory is that we would sort of you know continue to you know, dive into these budgets and look uh, to make sure we're comfortable with the assumptions. And that uh, by the end of November, we finalize what these what what is the guidance to the to the two groups. But at least now, at least now they have a working they kind of have a working number to, to sort of start with, knowing that it could change. So the school will have a number. This is what we project. This is what we envision. We'll have a number for the town, but will we in November be breaking it down? This much for the library, this much for the police. This well, for this, or will we be right, getting at, at this point? Number at, this, yeah, at, at this point, it's high level, sort of at the split level, and then Jeff and Christine will have, uh, you know, they will have this, you know, the say on sort of how they, what are the priorities within their respective groups, how do they want to, you know, uh, allocate this revenue. Where can they save money? You know, so they, they will think through all that and go through it and come to us with a detailed budget right. based on those priorities that fits within these big overall arching guidelines. So, and is it? I feel like everything's coming out of my mouth to sound contentious, which is very. Is it your expectation that everyone will just? So this much for the town, and Christine will say, okay, I envision this much for park and rec. I picked that out of thin air. Park and rec comes back to Christine and says, no, we really need that number plus some X, yeah. whatever it is. And Christine says, well, yeah, they really got a good point. I mean, again, this is all hypothetical. Um, so the budget that comes back to us may be higher. Is, are we envisioning that, or are we expecting that? Christine to come back at the number, the aggregate number. We're expecting her to let us know whether she can stay within these guidelines. Okay. So if you, and if she if she can, great. If she can't, she'll have to explain, you know, why and what the purpose, what the what the need is, and why she needs it. 
and same for school, you know. So, I mean, but that's the, the assumption here is that we stay within Prop two and a half. Got it. That's that's the assumption. Well, and the way that the number came down is following down. So if if revenue numbers vary, you know, plus or minus in terms of as as we march towards November, similarly the fixed costs. We Steve talked about the the healthcare costs, but the numbers the number is the number at this right. point. So, so Christine right. and Jeff both know, and their teams know that that those are the numbers. And to your point, if, if they come back and say, we can't do it within those constraints, then you come back and say, well, the alternative is we can't get the blood from a stone. So, okay, is it, is it worth fighting a two and a half percent override? And then the yeah, conversation yeah. go, but you have it in yeah. November, right? As opposed right. to you know, when, on April yeah. 20th. And before they, before you know, we get to that discussion, we want to know that have they explored alternative funding? Yeah, have they looked at you know, um, any efficiencies or additional fees or whatever the, the issues are to try to, to try to you know, get to an answer that doesn't require an override. Mm -hmm. But if we need one, we need one. So Frank, why don't you um, why don't you take us through? Oh wait, before we do that, hold on a second. So, so these were um, these are the these are the assignments of the of the partners. Mm -hmm. I don't know if everybody had a chance to look at this, but uh, Brett's uh, been assigned the Public Works Department. Um, Ed continue, will continue as a lead with Emily and, and myself on the schools. Um, and then Deb uh, really do sort of the treasurers and account accountants uh, departments. Um, Bob will uh, take the reserve fund and Jillian, you'll just keep what you did last year. Um, and um, Peter, we've uh, given you the fire and police those are fairly substantial budgets. And then um, Mather, given his role on the school building committee, we intentionally keep his workload light. So you have the town building maintenance area that you had last year. And then uh, Deb, uh, these are some of the other departments and boards and commissions that are split between uh, Deb and Emily in there. Typically, kind of smaller uh, budgets um, and uh, in departments. So, uh, the, the bigger ones in this in these areas are the library and the IT budgets. Those are the two big ones, but um, most of these areas are really small. And then, as a group, we would look at the revenues. You know, uh, all of the the detailed revenue, the local receipts. Um, Rents got the enterprise offset, which is related to DPW water and sewer, and then um, Deb would has uh, got some uh, some fixed cost here that the the town will support you on all this and and, and give you the details, uh, health insurance, and then um, the retirement that I'll I'll continue to do along with OPEB. Brent will do the capital stabilization and municipal stabilization given his involvement on that committee. Uh, so that's really uh, the assignments. Um, 
Okay. Just to come, just to comment on that, that uh, in the um, in the past, you know, we've all participated both of us back in the review. Uh, we're going to try a little bit of a different approach this year, in so far as want to make more of a uniform template uh, in terms of the review. So the the process is if in in uh, in November contact that department head for which you are assigned, you have your assignment here and set up a meeting, a familiarity meeting, but then it's also going over the budget when it's prepared uh, that, that Christine and in that case and the team have and their managers have developed. What we want to try and do is um, develop a little bit more of a uniform template so that the review is consistent with the department heads and also the presentation subsequently you'll you'll come to the meetings that are set up here in the calendar with your department head um, and it gives them a nice opportunity to speak before the warrant committee uh, see and, and give us each an opportunity to um, to really see the dedicated people we have and the competence that it is so for me it's always been a great meeting um, but this year we're going to try and be a little bit more uniform to be to be more in the process, and that. so we'll work with Christine and Steve and come back to you with a with a template that we can comment on, and then they will all go forward prior to the start in December. That works. Any questions on that so far? Yeah, Frank, can you? Uh... Take us um, through some of the, the 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 key you know assumptions that people might want to just be aware of. Sure. That yeah. are, that are in. Is our uh, is okay to start with? What's that? Or do we want to start with the revenues? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So for um, fiscal twenty five, uh, the biggest piece is obviously the property tax levy. It accounts for over seventy five percent of our uh, our total operating revenues. Um, about two and a half that dictates how much this uh, amount can grow by. Um, it can typically grow by two and a half percent each year, plus any what's called new growth to the property tax levy. Um, this can be anything from someone building a new house or building a new deck, making improvements to their home or their business. Um, so that's a, another way that we can uh, grow the tax base. Um, so that roughly comes out to uh, $1.6 million in growth uh, from last year's property tax levy. Also included there are um, debt exclusions, um, which are basically um, extra amounts that are, they're, they're not extra, they're approved amounts uh, that the town borrowed for that um, are sort of separately taxed for. So we raise revenue for those debt, issu debt issuances, but as the bonds retire, the amount that folks are taxed for drops off as well. Um, so it is a revenue source, but it's uh, sort of a reserved revenue source for specific purposes. So it is dropping by $207,000 this year, which means that the associated debt that was issued um, and paid for through debt exclusion is also um, is also falling off on the expenditure side. So it's sort of a no net gain or net loss uh, to the town in terms of, of revenue. <clears throat> Uh, state revenue, or excuse me, um, state aid, Steve touched on briefly. It's a 1.86% increase. Um, 
from last year. The reason it, it looks a bit uh, high, closer to, to 2%, is because the 1.86% increase is based on what we budgeted for last year, as opposed to what was actually uh, awarded by the state. Um, Jill brought up earlier that the budget process was a bit, um, it wasn't delayed, but it was just on a different timeline <laughs> last year because of the new administration. Um, so uh, we had to sort of use figures that, uh, that, that we had, uh, but, but that's why the 1.86% the is there. Uh, local receipts, I can go into a little bit more detail. Um, so it's a almost $540,000 increase. Um, what we benefit, benefited from this year was uh, almost actuals. They're, they're almost final. Andrew and his team have been working diligently to get us the actuals for fiscal 23, which is an important year. It's sort of like the first sort of full post-COVID uh, in terms of economic activity uh, year. Um, we're still obviously recovering, but it was very different from 22, 21, and, and, and 20. Um, so the increases there, uh, specifically, I think this is on your packets, but so I won't go through all the items, but um, $100,000 increase, <clears throat> excuse me, for motor vehicle excise. Um, that sort of tends to go up and down each year. So we're comfortable with uh, the $100,000 increase. Uh, the rentals, uh, so we, we rent various properties um, including the post office, uh, the Kingsbury Club, um, that that um, the town owns and leases to businesses or government entities or whatever the case might be. Um, we have a new antenna that we're hoping to put up on top of one of the water towers. <clears throat> and so that uh, primarily contributes to the $72,000 uh, extra, or not extra, increase that we'll be seeing year over year from 24 to 25. Um, other departmental revenue, an increase of almost $180,000. Uh, that is primarily driven by um, fiscal 25 having a transfer station sticker renewal year within it. So um, that one sort of, sort of goes every other year, um, but in 25, so I believe it'll be May and June of calendar year 2025 um we'll see the uh the sticker revenue coming in um so that contributes to the 180,000 uh licenses and permits <clears throat> uh, 109,000 um again fiscal 23 really influenced the the forecast here so that's just basically the increase in activity that we would expect um, for construction and um again home or or business improvements that that people are doing uh one item that is supposed that we are projecting to go down is uh special assessments which are um primarily sewer betterments and assessment or excuse me um sewer betterments that uh, were assessed to individual homeowners that have since been paid off so we won't recognize that as a revenue stream anymore and then, uh, while it sounds a little quirky, um, the town actually does include what's called investment income in our local receipts. Um, we aren't trading bonds or, or we, are, we aren't trading stocks or uh, crypto or anything like that. It's primarily interest that we earn on our um, uh, our bank accounts. Um, and, you know, we do um, have a lot of money in those accounts as we're collecting all of this, the property tax revenue. Um, and so those fixed interest rates have obviously grown or, or risen over the past few years, obviously. Um, and so um, 
the interest rates that we're earning on those accounts in the general fund uh, has increased. Um, so we're projecting uh, 660,000 for fiscal 25, as opposed to 500,000 in fiscal 24. And that is a summary of the 540,000 for local receipts. I know that was a lot, so I can, I can also just pause here and see if there's any questions. There was a, there was a uh, spreadsheet that was also sent out to the local receipts that has all these detailed numbers on it, if you wanted to look at that. But again, we'll we'll dive into a lot of this, you know, at the next meeting. Um, so the budget, I'm just surprised the investment income isn't higher. Rates higher today. But you're going conservative on that. Well, so we try to be conservative but realistic on all of the different revenue categories, as well as the expenditures, but most especially the revenue categories. Um, this the landscape on this one is shifting a bit, and we're waiting for a little bit more information. Um, our treasurer Georgia has been trying to um, get a better handle on some regulations that are hand, that are coming down on um, how accounts are insured. So I believe it's called, or you probably know about this, the uh, the diff. Yeah. Uh, so so that is ending which is going to require us to restructure some of the ways that our accounts are managed um, or to collateralize all of those accounts or for us to purchase insurance that will go over and above the FDIC insurance. Mm -hmm. um, so there's some guidance that we're still waiting for. I believe Georgia's expectation is that everything will be finalized by February of March of 2024. Um, so still a few months out. Um, but I know she's working a lot with her colleagues um, and uh, with the, I, I believe the state as, I think she was at a meeting with the state earlier last week, um, meeting about this topic. So we're hopeful that we'll have some more information soon. Yeah, and it, it, I, I, I sort of caught my eye too, was uh, given the actual, right. uh, so high in 23. Right. But what it was explained to me is that that includes some of the proceeds from the, uh, um, water the water treatment, treatment plant. Uh, oh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so the principal, yeah. the principal is not. Yeah. So the average balance should be less that they earn interest on. But uh, all right, I've left that part out. Yeah. yeah that's why I was like, yeah. oh, okay, really conservative on that. But I think there's a chance that might that might, that's one of these you know budget items that might might change between now and when we finalize all this. Uh, no, that was that was um, local receipts. Oh, uh, for, so for the uh, other available general funds, this is uh, primarily two balances. Um, of that balance, six hundred and fifty-two, almost six hundred and fifty-three thousand comes from two different places. One is the pension trust fund offset. Um, so we take, or I guess in in years past, we've appropriated money out of the um, pension reserve trust fund to offset the assessment that we receive every year from the Norfolk County retirement system um, to fund our, our pension system. Um, we would expect those assessments to continue through fiscal 29 and then drop off drastically after 29, fingers crossed. Um, at that point, they expect that the system, they expect that the system will be fully funded 
Um, but this is the, the trust fund is uh, money that the town had previously put aside to offset the cost of these assessments. Um, it's been invested, it's, it's grown over time. Um, and so I believe it was last year, Steve, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, that we had sort of, the warrant committee had sort of put together a look forward of here's what we can reasonably expect our assessments to grow by in the future. And here's how we can sort of spread out the trust funds to, to offset the cost of the assessments. Uh, over the course of the next five or six fiscal years, and still, I think, concert, leaving some balance in there built into right. that to that calculation mm -hmm. in case the system isn't actually fully funded in um, 29. And in either case, there will still be assessments after the system is fully funded. We'll just be paying sort of the ongoing costs of, um, right. of retirement benefits. Um, so that's that's uh, three hundred and thirty-seven dollars, and or excuse me, three hundred and thirty-seven thousand nine hundred and twenty dollars comes from the pension trust fund offset, and then uh, three hundred and fifteen thousand also comes from the ALS revolving fund. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we receive uh, revenue from providing those services to uh, residents, or in some cases, I guess residents in in other towns, um, and. Uh, that money is collected and uh, the money is used for capital purposes as well, but it's also used to offset uh, sort of the operational costs of providing that service um, in Medfield. Um, the other balances that make up that total are relatively small, um, 15,000 from Cemetery Perpetual Care Trust, again, to offset um, uh, costs of the cemetery, some uh, uh, the respite care uh, revolving fund used to offset costs of providing that um, service on the, the Saturday program, I believe it's the Saturday program at the Council on Aging. Um, I can go through the, like there's a few others here that are a few thousand bucks, but those are the, those make up the, the vast, vast majority up in there. And then uh, one other, I guess one other quick thing that is, in, is included in that balance is the opioid settlement stabilization fund funds that uh, we set up last year as part of town meeting. Um, and those are funds that have to be used for specific purposes. Um, so it's a little, those are sort of accounted for separately, but those are sort of lumped in with that um, other available general funds as well. Yeah. And the uh, enterprise plan offset. So we have a water and sewer, yeah. a water enterprise fund and a sewer enterprise fund. Those are two departments that sort of operate separate from the general fund. They collect rates, or excuse me, they collect re rate revenue for providing water and sewer services to residents. Um, so that's sort of how they are, are funded and where they get all their money from. However, um, they do have some expenses that we quote unquote pay for as a, as a town out of the general fund. Um, so for instance, uh, an employee who works in the sewer department? Who um, is going to be, or who, who is a member of the of the retirement system? Who has health insurance benefits? The town, the general fund, all pays for those benefits, but the enterprise funds reimburse us uh, yeah. for for those expenses. Um, so those, and there's a whole list of the um, of, of those that list of of expenses that we are reimbursed for, that the town general fund is reimbursed for. That uh, we'll probably cover at a future meeting, but that's what that line item is uh, for the just about two million dollars. Um, it tends to stay relatively flat, or it has in the past couple of years. The reason that it's uh, set to drop, at least for um, the forecast purposes, 
is because there are some uh, water and sewer uh, um, debt service payments that are decreasing from fiscal 24 to fiscal 25. Um, so the amount that will need to be reimbursed for making those payments will, will also decrease. Are you guys seeing in collecting? So you know, the residents paying their water bill. We're going to see a decrease because of all the rain we've gotten all summer and that, the usage is down. We should find, they have no revenue. Right. Still we should find out within the next few weeks um, because the bills will be, the we are on an October and an April billing cycle for the water oh, department. Right. So we'll find out soon. Mm. I, I, I think it's fair <laughs> to say it'll be down. Right. Yeah. It's the guess. Um, and that's, and that's the problem because their costs are primarily fixed. Right. You know, so the cost of the revenue is variable, the costs are fixed. So right. that's the dilemma that and that points to why they have a million dollar retained earnings. And you'll have reserves to deal with something. Right. Mm -hmm. You want to cover the fixed cost, the key, just the, the key areas. Sure. Um so I guess. Uh, you've already mentioned the health insurance, so I won't get into too Well, it might, it might, I think it's, it's probably such a big number. You might want to just educate people on sort of the. Sure. It's a, it's a, I know it's a complicated conversation. Sure. Just educate people. Um, the more they hear it, the better they'll understand it. Yeah. Um, so uh, aside from health insurance, we have a number of other insurance items that are included in this uh, shared fixed costs. Um, insurance benefits category. So we have workers' compensation, property, general liability, uh, and professional, uh, life insurance, and uh, well, I'll, I'll stop with those. Um, aside from life insurance, we're uh, expecting around, we're, we're, for the purpose of the forecast, we're projecting a 5% a increase across all those insurance types. Um, that's somewhat in line with what we experienced last year and based on what we're hearing across all insurance types, whatever happened last year may be a good indicator of what's going to happen this year. Uh, police and fire 111F injured on duty insurance is basic and as I understand it, um, is basically workers' compensation for our public safety personnel. Um, they have a sort of their special own um, program that we pay into. The reason that that one is decreasing, uh, for the in, at least in the forecast, is uh, because we actually budgeted slightly higher in 24 than what we were actually billed. Um, so I think we're comfortable, at least for now, um, anticipating that we can uh, we'll spend a little bit less on that in in 25. Um, life insurance is relatively flat. We're changing carriers, uh, so we don't expect too big of an increase, um, but a little bit more to come on that. Uh, I'm going to, I'll come back to health insurance. Medicare tax is the, um, the federal tax that every employer pays to the federal government. Um, our, we actually over budgeted slightly for this in 24. So um, we're not expecting a big change for 25. And then the Norfolk County retirement um, assessment is sort of what I just mentioned too. It's an assessment that is determined annually by the, uh, by the pension system at the county. Um, Ours um, was actually, we had last year, they changed their um, uh, actuarial analysis. I'm not even sure what the right technical term is. I'm looking at you, Steve, sorry. <laughs> they changed the actuarial assumptions. Yes, yes, yes. So they actually had their, um, they had their, uh, the assessments for all of the participating entities for two years out as opposed to one year. So we actually had this figure 
a lot sooner than uh, we usually do. We usually don't get it until December or January, whereas we've had it for like the past year, which is great. Um, so that figure we're very confident in. Uh, for the health insurance, um, we have the 5% uh, projection in there right now. Um, this is anticipating uh, plan design changes um, that we're hopeful to achieve. Um, I think if we were to have no plan design changes, we would probably see, uh, I think we would have to at least anticipate an increase that we saw last year, if not more. If you remember last year, uh, the active employee uh, copay, or excuse me, premiums went up 8.7%, um, which is obviously a cost that the town also has to bear because our portion of the of the plan premiums uh, go up. Um, so the 5% right now we view as reasonable. This is all obviously subject to change. Um, but you know, I'm happy to dive into that one any further. As yeah, I mean, there's there's um, you know, in this assumption, there's a there's obviously an assumption that there's some savings right from the plan redesign, but there's also an assumption that there's an increase due to uh, twenty more uh, employees uh, opting to take health insurance. Every employee. <laughs> It's like an eighteen thousand dollar cost to the town, mm -hmm. and there's some young teachers that are turning twenty six that you know uh, I'm bringing that number up. Uh, so, uh, so that's you know there's positives and negatives that we're, you know are adding up to about five percent assumption. The big assumption though is that that the plan design happens. Yeah. Can I just ask a question? Yeah. This, so this is, has school in it too? Yes. Okay. Yeah, these are, these are, but. yeah, these are common expenses that the town has sort of grouped together that benefit all employees, school and in the town. Um, they're all in one big pool. Okay. That's why we're dealing with them up front in the budget. So. And Frank, you, I thought you worked for 16, but do. You, you, you still manage some budget things for. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the way the town finance technically falls under Christine, but they have the expertise to, to do this type of work and pull all the budgeting stuff together. And most, and, you know, the school department has their own finance team. Uh, but these common type expenses are typically, you know, handled by the, the town finance. Somebody has to own it. We don't need two people looking at it. And I think we really do, like, I, personally, I can say, I think, we you know, we have a great relationship with Dr. Morrison and Michael upstairs. I mean, I talk to Michael every day, so we like to be on the same page on a lot of this different stuff as well. Um, so, oh, um, any, anything on those insurances or uh, the retirement assessment? Okay. Uh, debt service, um, we talked about a little bit already, yeah. fairly cut and dry. The, uh, that lease purchase finance payment is a, um, a set payment that we have for 10 years on uh, one of the fire engines. Um, so, and that I think drops off in fiscal, I want to say it's fiscal 30. 
Um, so we'll see that one for <laughs> for a while. Um, <clears throat> for you, for the new folks here, it's, it's, it's important for me at least to mention that that that's reflective of how the town and the finances have progressed because we have the capital budget committee now and the capital budget. And one of the requirements you'll find out as you work with your department is five-year projection. Which was not the case four years ago. And as a result, we had uh, the need for a fire truck without the funds for which to purchase it. The solution was a uh, capital lease through the operating company. Okay. So that where that comes from and how I mean, it's a hope. Well, it is not a one. We actually bought some police cruisers from the same method. So. I think last year or two years before was the yeah, last year. Yeah. Well, yeah. <clears throat> um, so the expenditures not requiring appropriation. Um, these are all, I, I think we've talked through these ones and also as sort of fixed and shared costs. Um, state aid offsets and state assessments. Um, the state gives us aid, but they also take a little money back right off the top of that. Uh, well, actually, I guess they don't take it off the top. I think we have to pay. But um, uh, the reason that the state assessments are dropping off so uh, so much this year is because of um, the, the well, actually, fiscal twenty five is the last payment of the um, the last payment that we make to the state for the state hospital campus purchase and uh in the last year of the payments they are it's cut in half um so that contributes to the sort of the steep decrease in uh in the state assessments there um and then overlay is a reserve that the board of assessors um uses to pay thing take pay for things like um if someone appeals their tax bill and they get money end up getting money back they use that money to sort of offset that cost um and so that's uh that's a that's a fixed cost uh the last one on here is the vocational school assessment yep of course on your overlay aren't there years when nobody's successful and the money isn't used uh i think it tends to vary year to year Last year, I think it, we used about a hundred thousand of it, but the year prior, I think they had to come back for more money. I, mean, I wasn't here, so I have to confirm. But I'll, I'll follow up on that. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's carried forward. Yeah, because it's like a reserve. Yeah. So it is a balance that carried forward. Yeah. Um, and then the vocational school assessment is for uh, the Tri County Schools. Um, we should have this. Uh, a more solid figure in, I would say, the December timeframe. Um, and just, I think I included this in the write-up as well, but just to clarify, um, this operating this operating assessment that we pay for, uh, or that we pay to Tri-County every year, and which is based on uh, the headcount that we serve, the number of students that Medfield sends to, the, to, to Tri-County, is separate from any assessment that we'd be assigned for the potential new project uh, or new school project. Um, so even if that project were to be approved and then forward to move forward, we'd have a separate capital assessment um, for that. And if, again, if that is approved, we wouldn't expect to 
see that until I think fiscal 27 or so. So that's a few years down. Um, the election for that is in, is in October 24th. Um, so we'll have more information uh, after that. Um, and so that's that's the, the, the list of shared fixed costs uh, okay. that we just subtracted from the, the revenue forecast. Has the enrollment to Tri-County been steady? I think it dropped by one student last year. Seven. Yeah. yeah. I, I think this year it might be six. Six was a this year. Yeah. It doesn't change the so so vote in October. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But even the projections on the on what that uh, assessment would be in fiscal 27. If I remember, they were fairly small. I, yeah, they. they um, I think they were around seventy-five thousand, but I can confirm yeah. that they just presented it's something we should be able to deal with in the operating budget. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of you know this first pass at the forecast. What you know, this was a a proposed change in our budget process. And we just walk through. So I'm interested in what people think about it. And you think this will is an improvement? Is it better? What are your thoughts on this? Anybody? I, I think it's good. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm done it both ways. Um, this is a better process because you will get to the number a little bit faster, and, and the schools in the town will know what the delta is in December. And we'll start thinking about it. How do I solve the problem? But wouldn't it be nice if it yeah, came in under my allocation? I've got extra money. Yes, that's always an option. <laughs> right. <laughs> Therein lies the issue. That's when politics start to enter the, some places. But um, yeah, no. So it's a better it's a better process because we'll we'll understand the issues sooner, and uh, and we'll have to deal with them. The schools in the town will have to understand this is how I'm going to resolve this if we go to an override. Yeah. And I think it's fine. And then you look at that initial allocation of 4% for the mm -hmm. schools. And last year they came in at 4.2. So it's. And I think to that point, I think, I think it, it'll be fine. Yeah. And I think the, I think that the, you know, said this is my sixth year, and and over the course of the first five, I one of the one of the real progress pieces has been the work between the town and the schools, uh, and then I give you a lot of credit for that because your expertise in that is has really helped in us understanding the transparency. But I think from a practical perspective, asking the schools, for example, to get give us a budget. And then you have to dial it back to the reality of the revenue available. This is this is the way to start, from my perspective, to, to be able to say, okay, these are the revenue sources, these are the fixed costs, this is the pool that we have available, and here's the allocation. And you don't, you know, again, I look back like five years ago and it's like, well, it's not the warrant committee to tell us what to spend. And no, it's not, but it's the warrant committee's opportunity to tell you. This is the, the revenue we have. Yes, the We're not telling you what to spend. We're just telling you this is what's in the bucket. And, uh, you know, and I think that's a, a very positive way to approach the budgets. Now, just for the new folks on the committee, 
Um, there are some differences between the budgets between the schools and the rest of the town. The school department maintains autonomy, line item autonomy for their, their budget. We only, in, in the town meeting, can only have a say on the amount of the total budget. Mm -hmm. But how that is sort of, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's they maintain that authority. So um, this approach, I think, is consistent with sort of that, you know, the, those constraints that, that we operate under. Whereas the town votes on each individual line item for Christine's budgets. <laughs> it's just one line item for the school. Can I change that, Christine? I'm working on it. All right. Is that just a historical it's, thing it's, of the town? Law. I think it's, it's state law. State yeah. law. Yeah. 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 They have better lobbyists than I do. Sort of. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys have an idea of. Well, we're in fiscal year 2024, so sorry, it started July. Mm -hmm. So by end of January, do you guys have an idea of any budget to actual expenses that are totally out of whack at that point? Or I hope that we would know. Yeah, we monitor it on a monthly basis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hope you know now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully yeah. we can do sooner. January or into February. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Final. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's going to be anything single thing. I've been going back. I had about whether to ask this question. It's the redesign of the health plan, health insurance policies, doesn't come through. How much would health insurance go up? You don't have to give them a hard number. Okay. I would say I would say low double like yeah. low double digits percentages. Yeah. We have, we have an initial um, meeting with our health insurance company, usually around this time, and they give us that range. Um, we had kind of an off-the-record conversation with them, and it was fairly close to what we were calculating for last year, which is just not sustainable for the employees uh, or the town. Mm -hmm. What Are you at your contract with them? With health insurance, is it like a three-year... No, we don't have a contract. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, correct me if my memory is correct. Last year, it wasn't the same plan that you kind of that, but you had some kind of plan where you wanted to change the way health insurance was funded, and all the unions had to sign off, and one did not. And that was enough to put the kibosh on it. Yes, they all had to be in agreement. There were actually, I believe, there were four individual unions that would not sign off on the oh. reduction. We had proposed a, a, what we thought was a minor plan design change that would have brought that 8.7% input, 8.7% um, increase down to 2.7. Um, and we were not able to get every union to agree to that change. So we did institute the 8.7% increase. So if heaven forbid are we in the same position this year where all the unions together have to sign off on this no we're going to follow a different process this year. okay yeah. thank you other questions comments on thank you frank <laughs> we'll we'll be diving so i think i think what would be helpful for uh at least for our next meeting, is to have 
have the uh, that's the one we're going to focus on free cash um, in the stabilization fund. So having sort of that analysis of you know where do we end what what free cash got generated in FY23 and how does that look back uh, look um, by these major you know the breakdown of what made that made up that free cash right revenue and expenses sure and then uh the stabilization fund you know analysis of what what we have and all the accounts okay that would be helpful yep all right very good thank you mm -hmm. okay the next agenda item is we talk about this uh, memo uh, that I sent around on uh, the school building project, and this um, this by way of background, um, you know, this we if you remember about a year ago, actually now I gave a presentation to this committee. Maybe it was October last year of uh, some high-level order of magnitude financial modeling that I had done on a new school building project. And, um, you know, at that time, uh, the thought was, well, gee, when the school building committee gets together, why don't you share this with them? And Mather, uh, you know, invited me over. So I updated that presentation uh, to sort of, um, you know, add a little more, you know, analysis and, and discussion. And um, one of the things that came out of that meeting from some of the school building committee members was a concern over, um, you know, what is the, you know, the, the message was that this is going to cost more, right? Uh, and uh, and so um, the message, yeah. And this is the preliminary work to get the plans together. Right. This is this is the actual yeah. building oh, itself. This is the actual right. the building itself. Yeah, yeah. We know we know there's there's costs to study it again, and the town is you know the town passed they've got this had two two hundred fifty thousand dollar amounts that have been passed the last two town meetings. So there's a half a million dollars there. They're going to need a million. Uh, so there'll probably be another ask uh, for that that amount. But uh, this is the actual cost of the project itself. If you remember, um, uh, this is the <clears throat> yeah. So I stop sharing and then do it again. Oh, yeah. And then go to share again. No. So this was uh, what was presented. Um, back in uh, April to the school building committee. Um, and, um, you know, a lot of this was just sort of educating them on sort of 
cost, what, what's involved in a school project, right? And what are the things that, um, you know, they, they needed to focus on and agree on goals and priorities. And these are sort of the major categories, enrollment, educational programming, the space needs. And then um, some questions that, you know, the school building committee will have to wrestle with was design enrollment, great configuration, educational program related space needs, and what is the acceptable tax impact for residents. And then the last one there is the source of project funding. Um, and that's the one that, uh, you know, was sort of the subject of my memo. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but basically this was just educating them on, these are the, the variables that go into the cost of a new school. The yellow ones are the ones we don't control. All the other blue ones, we have some, some say or their decision, or we have some input over. Um, but basically the barring environment and construction costs are the two uncontrollable variables. Um, and then, you know, there was some information on enrollment that uh, I'm not going to, I wasn't planning on going through, but basically these are, you know, some, some projections on enrollment. There was some uh, analysis I had done on, uh, based on some planned enrollments, what's in, and the general classroom student policy, what's an average number of general classrooms, right, for the, the various, uh, the various enrollments you know, strategies. And so, you know, when you round those up, uh, you can't have a fraction of a classroom. So, um, <clears throat> you know, the, these are the space requirements for general classrooms that that's uh, based on a 900 square foot, you know, assumption. And um, so this this is just taking people through the, uh, you know, what was, this was the 2021 proposal. This is what was presented by Wheelock uh, for the Wheelock proposal. They had, core general classrooms of, over on the right side there, the 23,426. They had some STEM and breakout rooms also in there, uh, but the core classroom space uh, was 23,000. Um, and then, um, you know, all I did is I took some of those square foot assumptions that were in that Wheelock proposal and adjusted them for some difference in gym space and reduction in the general classrooms based on enrollment reduction under these different enrollment scenarios. And you can see I had a caveat here that said this assumes that the net floor space in the Wheelock proposal, except for gym and general classroom, remains the same. Most other areas were close to MSBA guidelines. So, uh, but the school building committee needs to look at these other areas just to decide if it's the right amount of space for the educational program, like the special education, that's a big one, and, you know, dining and food and music and art and all these other things that are part of the educational program today. So at any rate, um, at the time I modeled, um, I looked at construction costs, I modeled both a 700 and an 800. And uh, that was based on the MSBA, as you can see where some of their costs were headed. Um, you know, since then, I've concluded that we probably shouldn't be talking about 700, we probably should be talking more about 800 based on some recent, you know, projects that have recently come in. 
and um, and then uh, these are some of the some of the ones that this is this was again this was back in April it was seven to eight hundred. You know, in my memo, I I limited the seven hundred, just stuck with the eight hundred because it's um, and I I can show you the MSBA projects are they're closer to that eight hundred number now. Uh, this is um, this was just the modeling of the of the cost. Again, this is high level order of magnitude. These are not precise at all, but the different enrollments, the seven and eight hundred, and an assumption on MSBA. This assumes a 432 square foot reimbursement rate from the MSBA, which they just changed, uh, you know, I think about a year ago. Um, but basically that is, um, that's the new reimbursement rate. Um, and um, so that's- you say 432? 432, 432. It was 360 when we did the WELOC proposal. <laughs> And they increased it to 432. So, anyway, we modeled all that out with different interest rate scenarios, and this is this was sort of the the different uh, cost. Now, this is based on a 839,000 average household assessed value. So, um, you know, um, and that's that's in all of these uh, these individual. So if you yeah, I'm not going to bore you with, but every one of these has a, a scenario behind it, and uh, it's based on this 839.765 assessed average first year assessed value. And so you can see, you know, there's a, at least a 200, maybe 300 dollar difference between uh, whether we're in the MSBA program or we're not um, between all the different enrollment scenarios. And so, so that's the background of. You know, there was a conversation at the school building committee by a number of members about this question of source of project funding. And um, without knowing how hard it's going to get we to get the school built if we're not in the MSBA, what can the town do now to sort of, uh, you know, look at that issue, right? And even if we get in, it's still, you know, you can see the numbers are still. Uh, and, and, you know, be more than what we we uh, we had last time, and so, and these are all based on an assumption that we do new construction. I intentionally did not look at, um, you know, I didn't look at um, uh, ad reno because when you there's only a few projects in the last couple of years, and they're they're widely. You know, actually, I can show you the, uh, you know, the um, Feel committed to this two years per school plan that we have now. That's the question for the school committee. <laughs> I was just curious. Uh, yeah. It's redundant staff. It's better for the kids to stay in one place. I just wondered if there's a way to. Dr. Marston did talk about that once last year and said if the school was at Wheelock, there was an opportunity in the future, depending on number of students that combine uh, and have, I think, one through five all on that campus. And he did, he did talk a little bit about that potential. 
I was just curious. Yeah. It just seems there could be potential savings over time that could be. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's the, that's the school building committee. Yeah, we don't really have a say on that. I'm just curious. Yeah. That I never got talked about. Being yeah. a newbie, I can still ask these questions. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Let me. Uh, just show you this real quick. So this is new construction, um, and um, this is right from the MSBA website. So you can see this little X here is uh, Medfield. That's that's our field road. You can see, you know, where projects have come in. So, you know, these are ever since since our field road. There's quite a few projects here, uh, but you can see these are. This one's uh, Newton, $792 a square foot. Um, you know, they're all high sevens here. Some of the big ones in Boston are, you know, or the region of the vocational schools are close to a thousand. But, um, you know, so there's, you know, there are numbers, the trajectory here, you can just see it just going, you know, the wrong way, obviously. This green line, this line down here is the construction funding limit, the 432, that's the part MSBA funds. So, um, so you know, no matter what we do, there's going to be a, you know, there's going to be an you know, increased cost. And am I correct there? Didn't the MSBA eliminate their emergency repair program yeah. to help offset all of these communities that voted yes gotcha. so to offset their increased costs okay which is just another yeah they're going on our side because yeah. we could have had that and we could have had subsidies yeah yeah we just left it right but this yeah and so this is the Adreno uh, that, that was that was new construction this is Adreno and you can see there's a huge discrepancy between over the last, you know, three or four years here between uh, some of these schools, you know, so they're like high schools that are at 450 and some are up above 700. And what you don't know, unless you dive into this, is did they just put an addition onto a existing building? Or did they renovate the whole, you know, you don't know until you look at each one. Did they have extra swing space so that cost is not it wouldn't be in here um so there's not a big data set you can see there's a huge variation here um so i intentionally did not try to model it so, but if somebody else wants to try it they can certainly go ahead and i'm not a paid consultant so um but anyway so that's you often no, no. <laughs> Um, but again, that could come up in the school building committee. Maybe we'll look yeah, at the school building committee. That's in there for you. I'm sure they'll take a take a look at that. Um, so, anyway, so that's the background behind. Um, let me just share uh, this uh, memo here.
Uh, all right, so this is um, so that's the background behind this memo here. This this table here was taken from that presentation. And this would be the so the, the thought process was well, you know, the ask was, well, geez, by the school building committee was we we really have a a, a tough, tough time getting to a new school, you know, the, the, the challenge has just gotten harder. And so what can we do as a town to try to address uh some of these you know challenges? And so, you know, the real um thought process here was that uh, the ask i guess of, of our town finance group was to take a look at these this issue from the perspective of uh you know what type of uh actions could they they, they take to try to um you know look at additional funding sources and i had a few ideas that i put in the memo um of areas there are other towns that have created these mass general law chapter 40 section 5b tax mitigation stabilization funds so there are other town models that, that we could look at to see um, and study to see whether they would work for us and uh maybe if we conclude they could there could be an article uh put forth uh by the select board to uh to try to create such a fund. And then when we look at our free cash analysis, we could consider whether there's an ability to, uh, you know, to uh, propose a transfer of some, some amount. The theory is that if you start this early, at least in four or five years, you, you've built up a balance there mm -hmm. that when you get to bonding the school, you can offset the cost of that from that uh, debt service and the impact from that debt service with the, what's in the stabilization fund right. in those first three years because it's really the first three years where the, the tax impact is the greatest mm -hmm. so trying to be a little proactive and trying to plan for that and, and do it now uh uh you know because time is on our side uh you know we would help it would help the other sources you know, so my 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 ask was that let's see if you could come up with four or five million between all these ideas, uh, and four or five million was a number I I chose only because it happens to be the first amount of a of debt service, you know, in my modeling in that first year it was four or five million of debt service. Mm -hmm. So if we could spread that out over three years, that would be you know that would be a significant you know. So, you know that you're not going to save a thousand dollars, but maybe it's a couple hundred dollars on the tax bill in each in three years, something like that. Uh, I don't know; they'd have to model that and run the numbers. But and then the other sources are, you know, there is uh, we have uh, proceeds from the sale of town-owned land, and that um, <clears throat> there's a number of different sources there. When they do sell land, it gets held. If you remember from last town meeting, it gets held in a separate account called land proceeds and uh 
it can only be used for capital items greater than five year use of life. So that satisfies that requirement. Uh, but it has to stay in there. You can't move it into a stabilization fund. Um, and the um, so we have the Hinkley, there's 450,000 left over in that unappropriated land proceeds account. There's uh, we're hopefully going to sell the state hospital land to Trinity, and there's some proceeds that will come from that. And then um, uh, and so studying that and the amount, and then as we know, there's other other parcels of land in town, including the arboretum up there, you know, but that we didn't sell the Trinity that we hung on to. Uh, so there's other other things that you know could generate sales proceeds. And then the last item is is the uh, the million dollar payment that uh, that Trinity uh, put into their agreement. Uh, in the closing agreement that gets paid when they do close on the state hospital. And it's it's made to the control department, but it's subject to um, town meeting approval on its use. So, um, so those are the, the three broad categories of funding that I thought that, you know, that this, um, you know, this, and did put in there, you know, a 2028, 2029 timeframe, you know, but that I did get some feedback from Mike Weber. Uh, he thought it might be a little earlier than that, maybe a year or two earlier, but uh, whatever. I don't think that makes a big difference in an analysis, but um, so I, you know, I think that um, there's at least four years, I think, where we could sort of start to put money away in one of these funds and then can and earmark these other land proceeds sales for school projects. Um, Is there any other debt coming off in those years that we can look at? Yeah, all our, yeah, all our debt continues to pay down um, unless we take on new debt. So there's, there's a I mean, I think. I haven't looked at it in the past. So yeah, yeah, we have a debt schedule. I, I don't have it in front of me, but there's. there's that's just the savings. Yeah. On the operating right. side. Just, you yeah. think that saved this dollars you can put into a fund. Yeah. <laughs> and then, the, the, you know, the the beauty of this approach was that it, it doesn't, um, you know, we're using free cash and land sale proceeds. So we're not burdening the town with additional right. taxes. Um, as a matter of fact, we're trying to. Plan for tax relief. So now I did. I should share with you. There's some comments. Uh, well, before I do that, is there, is there any questions on what I just covered? Any? Uh, it's appropriate. It's my thing to do. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Very much. I think it's the right thing to do in. You know, in the broad scale of looking down the road at the knowns and seeing what that is and, and, and determining and, and, you know, to your credit, of looking at options so that, yes, we can anticipate a, uh, a significant tax increase. People know about that and it, and it causes issues, of course. But I think the other piece is, is that we know about other funding facilities, and we should walk into that with the vision or a thought as to how that should be used. And because you know the counter to that is, well, maybe 
land sale is using power, you know, and, and we need to educate, I think, is, I think the best use of this is to educate ourselves and then educate the town. Yeah. To see the future as it's projected to be. And I, you know, I, I, um, I, I should share with you, I did, I did get a, uh, I did get some comments from Mike. I think I sent these around to you as well. So you you saw those. You know, I think his um he's in general agreement, you know, with the approach, obviously. Uh he made a, a minor comment on the, the date or one year difference on the date, but um he he also just, you know, I think raised a uh, an issue that has been raised by somebody else on the SPC, and that is that um Maybe we should think about doing more than just allocating free cash and land and sale proceeds. Um, and um, you know, uh, I think you know some of this is um, you know the feeling is that this is nice to do, but is it enough? And maybe we should, you know, I think it comes from the perspective of maybe some of the people who are younger that have been in town for a long time that have not been in town for a long time and saying, well. This problem has been around for a long time. Why haven't we done something about it? And maybe we should be paying more taxes to, to deal with that. I'm not suggesting that. No, I, I was, and I, I said, I think it's sort of his his point uh, was that uh, you know maybe maybe that rather than just this approach, we should actually increase taxes to pay for this big increase that's going to come. Um, and so. Um, you know, he so the proposal, as you understand it, is has they have they actually said that? No, 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 no. This is just his personal right uh, reaction Possibly. to it. Okay, to it. I think that's not a, a SBC position. Okay. Uh, so, um, you know, and then I think the other point he he raised is that um, uh, the way that you you know we have a financial policy that has a debt. A debt that does not have, excuse me, a financial policy that does not address uh, debt management. And the select board has a a goal or a policy in, in one of their goals that limits debt to a certain amount, which is basically the operating budget minus existing debt. So basically saying you can't have you can't have more debt than the difference between what you already have and your operating budget. And uh, you know, if you literally applied that to the last project, you know, if that was the standard, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, uh, would beat it. So uh, he raised that as a as a problem, uh, and it's a, it, it is a disconnect between. I think we we haven't studied it, and we don't have a position on it. My personal view is that. Um, Based on what I see at other towns, is that there's a little more nuanced approach to to that debt management policy. It's more of a a percentage of the debt service as a percentage of of uh, revenue, you know. Um, so that because uh, as we all know, the, the cost of debt can be very different mm -hmm. from two years ago to today. So it's really the debt service. Not the absolute dollar amount of debt; it's the cost to taxpayers of that debt, mm -hmm. and that's why uh, you know I think it's probably better to look at it that way. Right. So he, he raised that point, and so that I think is um, was uh, 
I did get, you know, I think you heard from Gus, he, he was positive about it. Um, and uh, I did get, I haven't shared it with everybody because I just got it today, but I did get some comments from Chris and um, I'll send those around. Um, and I think, um, I, I have quickly looked at them and I think, you know, there's one suggestion to maybe uh, add a footnote to, to my memo, which um, I don't totally agree on your suggested wording, but I, I understand your point. So I think I probably will make a suggested footnote edit to this. Um, and then I think I'm happy to sit down and go through some of these with you later, because uh, I think um, we may just disagree on some of them or, or, or maybe have a misunderstanding uh, on how they're applied. But, but uh, and I'll send this around to everybody. Um, and then I heard from, uh, so that was, I think those are the only, I did send this memo around to the school committee, to the school building committee, and to the selectmen. So they have this. Um, they do. Are people who think this is a good approach? What type of feedback should we give to in our team? Or what, what's the... Yes. It's a good approach. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's a very good approach, but I have a question, which is, is free cash ever used? And it is to be addressed in the or somebody else. Like, if there's an emergency expenditure, the police, a police car bursts into flames and we need to replace a police car spur of the moment. Is that the kind of thing we reach into free cash for? I suppose there'd be charts for that if that happens. So that's probably a bad example. But you know, something comes up that you weren't anticipating. So there there is a there's a balance that we leave in a free cash account that doesn't that according to our policy needs to stay there, right? Um and um and it's something like that, but uh, but there is a there is a uh, before you get to that, there's an operating reserve that Christine controls. Like a couple hundred thousand dollars for unanticipated things. Okay. And then if we needed to, you know, there's that free cash balance. And then on top of that, there's the general stabilization fund, right. which people want really to use for like a bad recession or a downturn or like right. a COVID situation or something like that. So you don't have to lay people off or something. So those are the different protections. You want to add well, to that? Can I get it right or wrong? So we wouldn't be able to spend without an appropriation from free cash, but just as a reminder, once we appropriate at that annual town meeting, free cash goes away and you no longer have access to it until it's certified again. So while we do maintain a balance of that free cash, you cannot touch it until it's been certified again. You would need another time. Yeah, that's that's an important point. Yeah. Yeah. It's there, you just can't touch it. You can't touch it's it. It's like the best thing ever. So the next time meeting. <laughs> But it's it's there. Um, I mean, but in a situation like that, they always have the ability to borrow, like in right. the short term. Yeah, in the reserve account, the insurance, all of those would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Um, okay. So you got your feedback, I guess. Anybody else want to say? I mean, I, I just, I think the, the discussion on the school building committee is that we, we know this, this burden is coming. And if 
you know, we liken it to saving for a house or a down payment of a house. You know, we know it's coming. We know it's going to cost this much. We know that rates are not on our side. What steps can we take now to, as a town, to collectively kind of just save for that down payment? It's kind of what we're thinking. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not speaking that's not the consensus of this pool building committee. That's just yeah the conversations that are mellowing around. You know. Yeah. No. And, I, and I do think, you know, in both the uh, the concept that we know it's coming in the school building committee, the uh, the question of the other projects that are brought up here, that within the uh, responsibility of the Warren committee, uh, clearly the current budget, the articles, but I also think this long term look down the road. Is an important element of our responsibility as well. So I think that you put forward, and, and this is, uh, you know, kind of philosophically an important piece for us to recognize that that's one of our responsibilities is not just the current, but looking forward into the future. It also, it also in my opinion, demonstrates the school and the MSBA that, you know, this town is kind of serious about taking steps to get a school. Yeah. 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 Did you want to say something? No, no, no. Yeah. I just I was curious, like, has anybody in the school building committee or on the warrant committee talked with someone in another town who has planned for this kind of expense and asked like what they did to kind of get more support, perhaps like this approach or Increasing taxes like ahead of time or whatever. Like it just yep. seems like this is not a new problem. Yeah, it's the state, right? Like, the answer is yes. Yeah. So we we uh we've been touring other schools in other towns and had conversations with that. And yeah, there's yeah. definitely dialogue between other groups for sure. Have you found that other towns have raised taxes before the school? I don't know the answer to that. I don't I know. I would be surprised. I think yeah. yeah, but I mean that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about raising taxes prior, right? We're right. right. No, right. We're just well, one person. Yeah, I think that's a tough thing to do for a project that hasn't been approved. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, Christine, you no, I just think uh, to your question, we have been looking at what other towns are doing in this. Uh, well, we would love to take complete credit for coming up with this uh, elementary table so you can find account. There are other towns that have done that when they've had an issue or they've had some pushback about the cost of a project. For the exact same reasons that you mentioned, to show people that we know it's coming and we are setting aside money, especially for that first three years where that tax impact is so great. I mean, Han Hanover was the one that I think. Hingham. Hingham, Hingham was the one I, I looked at. And Hingham's the, done it, Concord's done it. Yeah. Um, Lexington. And the the, the Hingham example was unbelievable. They had like four buildings they were trying to build, and their, their need was like hundreds of millions. And so they, they were like, you know, five years ahead. They started this thing and mm -hmm. tried to, you know, get ahead of it. Uh, so. Do they have any good alternate sources of funding or funding? I no, I don't no. think so. <laughs> no. Part of bankruptcy. Yeah, they they had serious issues because they had big old big overrides too. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so. <laughs> Does that answer your question? Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, so I think 
Let's see what's next on the agenda here. Committee updates. Committee updates. School building committee update and capital budget committee update. So really no school building committee update. I know that we had that the other day, just kind of a dialogue with the town. We have a meeting next week. So okay. I can better update after that meeting. Are all the survey results out and posted? Yeah, they're public and posted on the website, on the school building committee website. And they're interesting. Yeah. And Brent, are you on the capital budget? Yeah, well, the capital budget committee has two working meetings and an organizational meeting so far. Um, I don't, I don't well, I have a slide, but I can give you some numbers and how much detail do you want? Well, we don't <laughs> want line items. But oh, okay. <laughs> Just give you the lay of the land as best I understand. Yeah, yeah. Experts are here in the room. But uh, so for fiscal year 25, the, the capital stabilization fund, from which most of these projects draw their funding source, uh, has uh, $1,329,290. Um, now, speaking of free cash, that fund gets infusions last couple of years, quite substantial ones from free cash. So keep that in mind. Uh, the total number of requests are at 1,438,000, but there's $350,000 of ARPA offset money expected. So the premise would be if all of those requests get funded, the balance at the end of fiscal year 25 would be at 241,000. So that just gives you a sense of, of where that fund is. And so far about half of that amount has come Formally, from uh, department heads, so we've heard from fire, uh, police, parks and rec, uh, and IT. So the, the biggest single item is sort of the, the fixed annual three hundred thousand dollars of overall IT, which mostly is uh, school software and hardware. But there are additional uh, requests as well. Do you want to hear? Individual items or wait until I think we'll wait. Yeah, we can wait. I just wanted to know where you guys are. Oh, yeah, we're, we're halfway. Have through. you, and then my understanding is this year they're going to they're gonna sort of uh, prioritize uh, the request into different uh, sort of urgent, you know, that, whatever that are, you know, four categories are. That there's well, every request is urgent to somebody. Oh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's uh, true. I think uh, that, that, that statement was made by the chair. Mike Marcucci, but I mean, uh, to the I, I would get the sense that uh, that thought process has already taken place since most of these projects were anticipated because of a five year capital improvement plan. So, yeah, um, there weren't too many surprises. I think the one place, uh, in my understanding, where there's still some work to be done is understanding a little bit about uh, potentially resurfacing the Metacomet tennis courts, but that's that's something. Mm -hmm. The dollar amount would be for that. So yeah. maybe, maybe we'll have a discussion about priority levels a little bit downstream. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it would, uh, my understanding was they were going to at least make an attempt to try to, uh, you know, put them in different buckets. Like this one's, you know, health and safety related. We got to, we got to deal with it. Well, I'd say so far it's been fire and police. So those, those okay. usually feel pretty high on the emergency okay. requests. So. Okay. There's a question. Isn't there a policy that if, a request comes forward that's not in the five-year plan. There's a certain procedure that has to be followed. Yes, they have to justify why it has come up in the five years, okay. uh, why it was not included in the, in the initial five-year plan. So we've got a couple of those and some suggestions. So that's the dialogue, for instance, goes on. If something comes forward that's not in the five-year plan, that's how it's addressed. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, 
What are we, what such projects other than the open dub? Was that one of the ones that came That was one of the ones that yeah. was not, not and We had quite a long discussion about that. That's an $80,000 yeah. request that sort of wasn't in the long term CIP, but most part, I think they were all. Well, I mean, this is important <laughs> to be in that five year plan. Yeah. Um, all right. And then, um, oops. Okay. The, the next item on the agenda is the discussion of uh, a request by the and asked by the select board to study the potential adoption of the Community Preservation Act. And I think it was either yeah, it was last week or the week before the select board met and uh, got a, a, a presentation on the open space uh, study that we've done. And one of the priority recommendations that came out of that was to uh, adopt the Community Preservation Act. So they had a long discussion about it. And um, they decided that geez, maybe the war committee wants to look at this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> what is it? Oh, the Community okay. Preservation Act. Okay, so I'm going to let uh, I'm going to let Bob explain it because he was involved in the last the last go around of this. The, the town tried to pass this. Well, I'd like to hear well without going back into the history. So, so Steve mentioned, I I actually sent out to you. I don't know if you got the September 14th select board meeting, and that's like the first half hour of that meeting was that discussion on that kind of tells you the background is to, so um, we discussed it and uh, Steve and I discussed it, we put together the agenda and we want to address the select board's, you know, request and I ignore what they said. Um, I, I'll give you a, a cliff note version of what the Community Preservation Act is. And, um, you know, you go on the webpage and learn more about it. But essentially, it's a uh, the community funds are raised through a surcharge on the uh, tax levy against real property. Okay, so you, it's between up to three percent, not to exceed three percent. It's a surcharge on the real on, on the property tax, and it's uh, it goes back to two thousand. Historically, town of Leadfield, as I understand it, in two thousand was put forward and the uh, the town voted not to adopt it. Um, the funds as they are raised establishes a trust fund that and then the state provides at variable rates to the communities that have elected to participate matching funds. So it varies 
year to year based upon how many towns are participating. And the money is raised um, on um, real estate uh, transactions. Okay. Um, and then the funds that are generated that go into the trust can be used against four categories, open space, land and recreation use, historic resources, and community housing, okay? And um, you can, again, go into the detail, but it's, it's for those specific applications, all right? Adoption of the CPA requires two-step process. Initial approval by town meeting, okay? And as I <laughs> it's a majority vote at the town meeting, and then an approval by the majority at a municipal town election. And then the vote will include the uh, acceptance, what rate would it be between one and three percent is, is, is generally the number. And then there are a couple of other exemptions that can be included in the vote. The adoption required by the annual town meeting followed by a vote of the town election means that the earliest for us would be fiscal year 2026. Because right? our town meeting is after the town election. So our town meeting in May would be entertainment of the article. And if it were to pass, it would then be in the subsequent town election, which is in March of 2025 or fiscal year 2026. Um, so again, th that's just a brief overview and it's not intended to, to address everything, but that's essentially what it is. It's a surcharge. So it's, and I think it's very important to watch the, uh, the select board meeting because of the discussion of it's a tax, you know, it's, if it looks like a duck and it's flies like a duck, it's a duck. Okay. So that seemed to be the conversation. But uh, this is probably me being vicar, right? Anyway, you mentioned one, two, or three percent. Is that one, two, or three percent of the tax bill? So if your tax bill is a thousand, it's three percent of that, or is it one, two, or three percent of the assessed value of the house? I think it's of the tax bill. Okay. No, no, it's it's based on the assessed value, and you deduct a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, right. So there's a reduction of the amount. So for an average house in Medfield at say eight hundred thousand, the tax bill would be around two hundred and twenty dollars. We would get six hundred thousand dollars from that, including a thirty percent match from the state, which is what it's running at about now. So anyway, so that's yeah, so that's the point. But it's on the assessed value, and there are exemptions, and you know there are different. Again, I, I, it it's just very much a real estate, or is it all no real estate? It's on the it's on the tax yeah. You you can exempt commercial if you chose, but that's yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's well, we don't have a split tax rate currently. And well, so let me just get to some of the so the. the so the select board said, uh, so, so the, the request was that the select board uh, appoint uh, a committee to study this. And the select board didn't want to form a formal committee, but thought that having uh, interested citizens engage in this would be appropriate. 
Uh, and then they said, and we already have a group to review this, and it's the Warren Committee. So um, we uh, kind of had a conversation and said, the town can review some information and have a uh, have a committee to do this study is appropriate. Um, and for the the Warren Committee will monitor the progress. And if it uh, if an article is brought forward by citizens or by the select board, then we'll do our deliberation. Um, and in the meantime, we can clean up some of the particulars of the CPA to make ourselves familiar with it. But um, I think that's the role of the Warren Committee is to engage in the deliberation when the article comes forward. As opposed to taking a position on the pros and cons of the right. of the CPA, but that goes into the discussion here, right? Right. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know what other people's views on that, but I, I certainly that's generally the the consistent role of our committees mm -hmm. to to sort of <coughs> to not be advocates for certain uh, initiatives or, or articles. So, um, but I do think, having said that, one of the things that in particular, Gus Ray, uh in the select board meeting was this concept of, and this is just his position, not the other select board members, but he's, his view was he would support something like this as long as there was an underride associated with it. And so, um, you know, the way he thinks the underride would work is that. Uh, Whatever we choose for to design the CPA as either one, two, or three percent surcharge, that there would be an underride under the uh, in the operating budget, basically equivalent to that. So that I think his view is that well, that way the, the taxpayer wouldn't have an increase in their taxes, you know, because um, we would be having an underwrite associated with a, with a surcharge. And the challenge with that, uh, is that and I we haven't studied this, but I do think that that question of of uh, what's what's the financial impact from a fiscal perspective of an underwrite on the operating budget is something we could look at and study and maybe give them some input on. So let me understand. So the underwrite is the an expense on the town. No, to offset the. No, no, reduction, the reduction of the revenue. So it's, it's the a, inverse of no, an override. It's a, yeah, it's the opposite of a profit. It's the opposite of a two and a half. So it's basically lowering below. It's just, it's a tax relief, basically. It's, it's basically you're lowering the tax. You don't need to give that Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm making an assumption here. You don't need to give that a name like underwrite. You can just go to town meeting and say, Hi, our current tax levy is X per thousand dollars of assessed value. Now it's going to be X minus, you know, $150 or whatever it is. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It makes, given what we've been talking about here last year <laughs> and even tonight about expenditures coming down to pipe, um, that makes me very nervous. I don't see how you get from here to there, but well, that's that's one of my observations was that it's uh, from a practical perspective, it's 
it's op it's tough to operationalize and make it work in the operating budget because you're you're basically saying because that that surcharge goes into a separate fund, correct? As well as the state matching, it doesn't, it doesn't go into the operating salary. I think you're and, and most of the revenue or most of the town. Well, you might most of the expenses associated with these buckets that that yes. you just went through are not in the operating today. That would be my question is if we get a better definition or maybe we need to research us but what those four categories are, what's the type of spend that communities are typically. I think that's something that the town's going to study. Um and spend the funds. They're gonna they're gonna uh they're gonna look at that question of what's the historical you know amounts in each of these buckets over time and um like but I think I think I think the, the point though is that I was going to make is that it's not currently in the operating budget. So any money you reduce the levy by, you have to cut in a balanced budget. You have to cut the operating right. budget. Yep. So if you take a million dollars out of the levy, you got to cut the operating budget by right. a million dollars. Right. Because most of those most of these things are coming from free cash or the capital budget. Right. So. Um, and we have a policy on this committee of not using free cash to balance the operating budget. Right. So that's, I think, going to be the, the you know, I, I do think we can look at that question and study it and, you know, maybe um, come back uh, with a, a, a recommendation on that piece of it. Yeah, I, I think that's what my, my recommendation is we. We monitor the activity, are uh, and you know of, of the citizens group that comes together and, and brings it forward in, in a normal deliberative fashion. And I think to in, in looking at the broader question that was raised in the select board meeting, like the tax underwriting and, and underwrite, um, it does fit into the other conversations of tax planning. You know, it was like that's a restructure of our tax, and I think that looking long term, not even that much long term, but two three years, what are the implications of that? What are the implications we get from the town in terms of what would it mean to take a number out of revenue and make it and, and take it away from the availability of operating costs and putting it into a category like that? So, but the whole question of tax restructuring. The use of, of funds, I think, is a in that broad category. This, to me, fits in. Couldn't you just have a warrant article that says every year we're going to ask ask for X amount X amount of dollars to go into this fund? Well, the thing about it is, this is, this is a little bit side of well, the benefit of this is you get the state matching. Right. Right. State that's well, that's the piece. Well, but but whatever, just a one little piece of this is. If the towns, the towns that select to go into the CPA program, they establish a trust and they establish a committee, okay, of five to nine members. And they go through the, the requests from each of these categories and make the selection and use that, presenting it as an article to the town. So the, so the, so the committee, Designate what they recommend to the town right. to to use, and then as an article that is required to be brought to us, and then go to the meeting. Yeah. So 
years. Well, yeah, they're in the process there. But well, anyway, uh, we, you know, we weren't planning on, I wasn't planning on spending a lot of time on this because we just wondered about this ask. And I think it was. I think it is one of the to the board. Yeah, this, uh, I think this is probably something that there's a limited role we could look at this on the right question, but I think the town probably could play a better role uh, pulling all the information together and then either the select board or citizen could come forward with the pros and cons and we could sort of evaluate it at that point. So does that make sense to people? Yeah. Okay. Right. Where are we on agenda? Oh, okay. Potential non-financial articles for the 2024 town meeting. So, you know, one of our jobs is to look at uh, all articles that come before town meeting, including non-financial ones. There's a there's been a, a group put together to look to create a, uh, some recommendations for a dog bylaw. And so it's reasonable to expect that uh, since that committee was put together by the select board that they probably would put forward a bylaw for the dogs. Um, and so I mentioned it because, you know, there's always a need, if you have an interest in any of these topics, to raise your hand and, you know, you can follow it along and when it comes time, you know, meet with, meet with sort of, you know, follow it study it and when it comes time to meet with the sponsors to you know be more informed than the other rest before the rest of us as a committee but, so I know Ed really wants to do it. <laughs> 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 and then there's a question about whether we will have zoning related articles um depending on how uh how some uh, uh christine do you want to update on the potential for a zoning related article is there anything you want to say on that or okay okay uh depends i guess on how some things uh pursue you know how to progress on that but it's always a there's always a, a chance we might get going later. So, um, anything from town finance you want to update us on? I think we've covered most of it tonight okay. in bits and pieces. Um, I just want to say thank you. We're super excited to kick off the fiscal year 25, even though you're kind of officially kicking it off tonight. Brent started already with the capital budget, and Frank started the day after um, the fiscal year 24 town meeting. So, um, <laughs> We're already uh, moving forward on all of this. Um, just two quick things. Uh, we submitted the GFOA budget um, to the Government Finance Officers Association. We should be hearing back from them shortly, um, but we will have those GFOA budget documents for you um, hopefully in the next uh, couple of weeks at your meetings. Um, and then municipal finance is interesting, fascinating to us, but it can also be really quirky, as you know, on a few things. So. Our door is always open. If you have any questions or need additional information, um, please don't hesitate to stop by, give us a call, email, whatever you need. We're here uh, to answer any and all questions for you. And I'll just add that, uh, again, over the five years, now six, um, the 
the development of the of the finance communication it's the professionalism transparency that christine has brought with her department has really been terrific uh so i would, I would say that what she just told you is 100 percent uh so if you have those kind of things you have questions there there her door is always open frank has been great and he's coming on board drinking through the fire hose which shows tremendous uh knowledge and background so thanks and this and andrew if you want to introduce yourself to the folks who are here so <laughs> Yeah, I'm Andrew Foster. I'm the uh, town accountant. So I've um, been here a little over the year, year as a town accountant. I was the assistant for three years prior to that. So, so when you get those budgets and you see those numbers matching up, here's the man. Well, I, you know, thank you for the time where we can't move this budget process that I envisioned in 2019 without fantastic warrant committees that buy into this. And we're really excited for this new process. I think it's going to reduce a lot of the angst and stress we have in February and March. Um, you know, we're kind of flipping this process uh, completely on its head, uh, and I think it's going to have some tremendous results for for all of us. So, and I'm sure you'll find opportunities for angst and stress. <laughs> <laughs> There's some gaps for us. <laughs> for you, not for us. <laughs> and the school committee representative. I'm just here to, to learn. Well, you know, I, just was, I know that, but I mean, the people who are here, so thank you for your yeah. time. I'm excited for budget <laughs> My first budget. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully this will help in that process. Very much. The slide that presentation was excellent. That was excellent. Thank you. Um, okay. Is there anything else anybody else has? Any informational items or anything else that... Uh, Okay. Well, I got a motion to adjourn. Is there anything else you're looking for? In a second. Second. All right. All in favor? Aye. 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 Aye.